Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. So how did we get here? How did we get here to this topic or the topics that we're going to be talking about? So I was having a meeting, just a kind of a casual meeting with some young adults, and we were throwing around the idea about Christmas because this is a different kind of Christmas, right, for a lot of us. And people that live in different parts of the country, Christmas is going to be one way, and people that live in more northern parts of the country, it's going to be a little bit different, right? Uh, the challenge of being able to get together with families or not get together with families, we're thinking twice, right? And so we get that. So that's the reason why we wanted to take a little extra time to say and ask really the Lord, hey, what, what is Christmas going to look like this year? And what do we want for Christmas? And so I found myself having this conversation with some young adults. And I said, hey, you know, what are you feeling? You know, in the community and, and just being in the culture, what are you feeling about Christmas this year? And the responses were amazing. I was expecting to get the response. You know what I want for Christmas? I want the new iPad. You know, or I want the new iWatch and or I want, you know, this latest gadget or this newest thing. I was fully expecting to hear that. I was completely surprised when I heard them say and they, and they said this with thoughtfulness in mind. OK, they stopped and they really thought through and they said, you know what I want for Christmas this year? I want family restoration. And that just hit my heart and immediately I knew the Lord wanted me to teach on that. And the second part was the part was that moved me equally as much. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The second part was, here's what they said. They, want, they said, I really want to have a significant other in my life. They really wanted a relationship. This Christmas, that was the thing they wanted. And that really hit me so hard. And I, and I want to talk about that today, not just from a standpoint where a young adult or a single person wants to be in a significant relationship, but even in a married couple situation where you're, there may be a rift in your relationship and God may want to, and God wants to do something in this season to repair that. Now, here's what happens around the holidays. And I, and I did a little study here, and I bet you didn't know this, that out of the 10 uh, days that are picked uh, the most where young couples get engaged or couples get engaged. Ten out of the ten days, okay, in, in, in the calendar year, seven of them land in December or very early January. Stop and think about this. 70% of the people that get engaged do so in December or early January. Why is that? Well, there's something about the holidays. There's something about this season that just kind of draws you into family and, and, and makes you want to be in a relationship. Come on, am I talking to anybody here? I know, I, I know that happened to me for years, being, being single. You know, I was, you know, my, my brother and my sister, they were married. And, and, and so I was the single one of the bunch for the first seven years of their starting their families and, and, and their kids. And so imagine getting 
together for Thanksgiving and especially over the Christmas holidays. We were always together, the family, the family, the family, they're with their significant others. And then here's Uncle Dean showing up alone year after year after year. And it sucked. I'm just telling you the way it is, okay? It, it was terrible. And so you get into this environment and everybody's with their significant other. And there's Uncle Dean. That's really the reason why I became the wild, crazy uncle that all my nieces and nephews still love and all my nieces and nephews still say that I'm their favorite uncle. Come on, somebody, all right? So, and, and it developed in that time where I would show up every holiday alone again, all right? And everybody else feeling kind of sorry for me because in, around this environment, you want to be with somebody. Come on, am I talking to anybody? You know what I'm talking about. You want to be with somebody. You want to go into the holidays with somebody that you can smooch with. And I mean, in a good way, right? And hold their hand and do fun things with. There's this, this appeal to the season that does this, all right? Which is the reason why we get into this time of year and it makes sense that somebody would say, who wants to be with somebody, I really want to be in a significant relationship. And I think this is going to speak to all of us today. Not only if you're single, I really believe that the Lord has got a word for us today, but also if you're married, because it's all it feels like this way around this time too. If there's a rift in your marriage, or if there's a rift in your relationship, we all want to go into the Christmas season with it being repaired, or we all want to go into the Christmas season with it like being a Christmas present that we can put our differences behind us and we can enjoy the family, we can enjoy the holidays with each other, with our family, doing the thing, the fun things that we like to do. I know, I have I felt this, I hear this from other married people, and I really believe that God has a word for us today, all right? And here's how God gave this to me as I started to think about this. In fact, it came to me immediately when I started thinking about this message and preparing myself for it and, and, and to say, hey, Lord, what, what do you want me to say about this? And here's what I heard. I heard this, that if you want to be, if you want a significant other in your life, then you have to see yourself as a significant other. Let that sink in. If you want a significant other in your life, then you have to see yourself as a significant other. We're going to talk about that today. Let's pray and let's get into the Word of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for the opportunity to speak the Word of God. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share this message with people, to bring hope, to bring healing, to bring restoration, Lord, especially in this time that we live in. Lord, we just will give you all the honor and the glory. Holy Spirit, just speak through me now. Let the listener hear the words that you have for them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. All right. If you want to be with a significant other, then the first step is you have to see yourself as a significant other. It's really important. I think this is one of the reasons why there are we, or we have relationship issues, whether you're a young adult contemplating a relationship, or maybe you're in a dating relationship, you're contemplating marriage, or you're in a married situation and there's a rift between the two of you. 
I really believe this can speak to all of us, all right? So again, I'm going to say it again. If you want to be with a significant other, you have to see yourself as a significant other. All right, somebody needs to put that in the chat. Come on, reach out to somebody and say, yep, I need to see myself differently because that's what we're going to be talking about here today, okay? All right, so I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to start here because we're going to let the Word of God talk to us today. We're going to break it down, and I hope that we see some things maybe we've never seen before and help us to walk into that significant relationship that I think we are all looking for, okay? Come on, if you, if this is talking to you right now, if, you, if you're, if this is kind of like speaking to you, light up the chat. Come on, like this, share this with somebody, all right? Because I really believe God has a pointed word for us here today, okay? Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 10, open your Bibles there, all right? Look at this, what it says here. And this is the scripture. This is the Bible speaking now. It says, we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is an amazing scripture, and I want you to get a hold of this. It clearly tells us that we are God's workmanship. God made us. God formed us. That's what workmanship means. It means he takes you, and he forms you, and he makes you the way he wanted you to be. Jeremiah 18 tells us this. It's really clear. It says that he is the potter, and we are the clay. So I just want you to imagine this just for a second, just for a second, you know, the, the potter's table, the potter's wheel, and, and that, that clump of clay that's on that table. Just imagine this for a second, and it's going, and, and the hands start molding and start shaping that clay into the piece that the artist wants. Oh, come on, somebody. God is the great artist. God is the, the, the clay maker, okay? He's the artist, and he put us on his heavenly table, and he started molding, and he started fashioning. He started shaping. You have to see this. You are created in the image of God. You have been created with the personality, with the likes and the dislikes, and, and all of the things that, that make you tick. That It's come from God, okay? And some of us are resistant that, but I'm telling you, God is the potter. We're the clay. We are his workmanship. I want you to stop and think about this for a second. Okay. The reason why some of us have the creative bend is because God made us that way. You're artsy, you're music musically, okay? And you see things a little bit different. I'm not that guy. I can't sing worth a lick. I mean, if I start singing right now, I mean, you guys would bolt, all right? Everybody goes into a different room. I'm not a singer, okay? So, but, but somebody who's wired that way and created that way God made you that way. If you're, if you're more of a business person and you understand numbers and you understand organization, God made you that way. If you could just pick up an instrument 
and just start playing. I hate those kind of people, don't you? I just hate them. They just pick up an instrument and just start playing and just, how do you do that? God did that for them. He was the workman. He's the workmanship. He's the one that made us that way, that molded us and shaped us that way. It was the Lord's doing, okay? He took the time to drop that creativity in you. He took the time to drop that personality trait inside of you. You think that, oh, I'm cursed with this certain personality trait. How can you curse something that God gave you? Come on, somebody. You are uniquely designed and wired by God in a certain way. And the problem is, is that we're always trying to be somebody else or be something that we're not. I hope in this message today that you get a chance to see that you are God's workmanship. You really have been fashioned and molded and designed by God the way that you are. And the sooner we understand that, the sooner we begin to cooperate with the plan that God has for our life. God has an amazing plan for you, and he wired you for that amazing plan. You've got that certain bend in you for that for, for the reason. You have that certain political bend for a reason. You have that certain business bend for a reason. You have that certain art artistic bend for a reason. Why? It says it right here. You are God's workmanship. God created you and fashioned you and formed you just the way you are. Well, I don't like the way that I am, okay? Then you have to take that up with God, okay? You know, can we get better? Are there things that we can improve? I'm not opposed to that. And I think we should all be working on improving. I think we should all be working. If you're in a relationship, you should always be working to improve that relationship. If you're in a, in a work environment where, where, where you can get better, we should all be working on getting better. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about embracing the way God created you. Embracing the bend that God gave you, all right? Why? We are God's workmanship. He fashioned us. He made us this way. Man, you should light up the chat, man. I am God's workmanship. Get a hold of this today, okay? Now, here's the conflict. Are you ready? As I started to study this, this is the conflict, ready? Culture looks at this differently. Culture doesn't say, I am God's workmanship. Culture says, I am my own workmanship. Culture says, I have to work on myself. I have to work on me. I have to be my own developer. I have to be my own person. I have to be do things my own way. And so here's what happens. Instead of recognizing that God is our workmanship and understanding and cooperating with that, we find ourselves going on to the next thing to try to make ourselves who we think we're supposed to be. Now, just, just follow me on this, all right? We become a consumer in this process. We begin to consume things because we think those things are going to complete us. We think those things are going to make us the workmanship that we think that we're supposed to be. Like, we, we, might, get, we might get that new outfit because we think, oh, once I get that new outfit, then I'm going to really be... I feel good about myself or I really feel like that's going to complete me. Or maybe, maybe I need to get that tattoo and that tattoo is going to really complete me. I'm not opposed to tattoos, not at all. But here's the deal. If you think that body art is going to somehow complete you, 
then we're missing the mark over here because nothing can complete us. Only God can complete us. Come on, somebody. I want you to get a hold of this. So culture says you have to complete yourself. Culture says that you have to be your own worker. You have to, you have to take, 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 and, and consume, consume, consume. When the Lord says, I've made, made, made you. Come on, are you getting this today? Makes you think of that famous movie. Uh, some of you guys might remember this is Jerry Maguire. And there's that one scene in the movie. It's probably the most famous scene in the movie where uh, some of you guys know, and, and those, those of you who haven't seen the movie, it's this part of the movie where, where Tom Cruise, who's, who's the main actor, him and his wife, they get into this fight and, and there, there's this rift. And here's the funny part about it. It's set around the holidays too. Interesting, huh? And so around the holidays, they get into this fight, big fight, right? And so he's contemplative of stuff. She's contemplative of stuff. And she has this small group in her house. And it's filled with about 10 women who are all men haters, all right? And so she's got this group here. She's in the fight with her husband. And all these women are on the holidays just talking about how they hate men and, and how, you know, they, they really want to be in a relationship but men are just, you know, this, and men are just that, you know, you could just hear them. So this is the setting. And, and he gets this idea, Tom, he's, he's got to go make things right with his wife, right? And so he goes home and he doesn't know that this, this group is going on inside the house, right? And, and so, so his wife is sitting in with this group, right? And he comes barreling into the front door and he sees this group. And all these women, man, men haters right here, man. And he decides in this movie, I'm just going to make this right with her. And so the moment, it's dramatic. Some of you guys have seen the movie. The music is going, right? Wife stands up at the other end of the room. The man haters in the middle and he's at the front door. He said, okay, I'm going to make this right with you right here. And he says in the most dramatic way, he's like, we live in a world with cynical people. Dramatic pause. Then he says, and he says, and we work in a competitive world with some tough people. Dramatic pause. Music. <laughs> Camera panning to all the man haters and they're watching this back and forth. And Tom Cruise in his way, he stops and he says, you complete me. Just like that. Famous line, you complete me. Oh, music goes on. Everybody starts getting happy. They embrace, they hug each other. Oh, and everybody goes on. It has a happy ending. All right. All right. So break this down. We're talking about culture now. So, so the word of God says that we are God's workmanship, but culture says that I am my own workmanship. All right. This, this movie is amazing. It's, it's, it, 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 it's culture on full display right over here. Because here's what, here's what he was saying in this part of the movie. Here's what he was saying. He was saying that because the world is cynical, I need you to complete me. Because the world is full of tough competition, I need you to complete me. All right? And so we live our life every day thinking, I need somebody else to complete me. I need something else to complete me. I need another thing. I need another person to complete me. And I want you to know something. You get this inside of you. Only one person can complete us, and that person's name is Jesus. Only Jesus Christ can take that place of full completion in our life. All right. And when we understand this, 
we understand why then we are God's workmanship. Listen, here's the deal. And, you, and, and I hope you hear my heart on this. When we put somebody else in a position, right, where we think another person has to complete me, that is completely unfair to them. Because it only works. It, the joy can only be for a little while. Because sooner or later, that other person that we put on a pedestal, that we think can complete us, that other person that we think is going to make us all emotionally whole, all emotionally well in every area of our life, sooner or later, they're going to fail because they're human. And we put all this faith and all this trust in another human who's fallible. They're going to fail. And then when they fail, then all of a sudden it begins to affect us. So we put them in this place of unnecessary pressure. So what happens when we, when we, when we say another person has to complete us outside of God, it puts this pressure on that person to perform. And we weren't supposed to be in a relationship, whether you're single or whether you're married, where the other person has to perform for your affection. Because what happens is this, when they stop performing in your mind, all right, all of a sudden, that's where the rift comes from. That's when all of the trouble begins, when we believe we're not getting what we sign up for, or we're not getting the thing that we're consuming for. Come on, are you getting this? Friends, listen. If you want to be in a relationship with a significant other, whether you're single or whether you're married, then you have to begin to see that you are a significant person, not because you've earned it, not because you've deserved it, not because you've consumed it, but because God already says you are significant. God already says you are complete. Come on, are you getting this? See, our completion is found in Jesus. I want you to see what the scripture says here. Look what it says here. Colossians chapter 2. It says this. Oh, this is amazing. It says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all rule and authority. It's really clear right here. You are complete in him. You are complete in Jesus. You, your completion cannot be found in another human being. It can only be found in Jesus. Why? He made you complete already. You have to see this. The word complete literally means this. It means having all the necessary parts already. You already have all the necessary parts right now to be complete. You already have all the giftings, all the talents, all of the likes, all of the dislikes, you already have them. Why? God gave them to you, and the day you received Christ as your Savior, you became complete in Him. This is amazing. And when you begin to see this, when you begin to see that your completeness is already settled in Him, it becomes a game changer. It'll become a game changer in the way you pursue that relationship. It'll be a game changer 
in your marriage. It'll be a game changer in your dating relationship. It'll be a complete game changer when you realize that only Jesus can fill the void. Only Jesus can fill that thing on the inside of us. Why? Because that's how you were created. That's how you were designed. Don't let culture tell you otherwise. Don't let culture tell you what a perfect marriage should be. Don't let culture tell you what a perfect dating relationship should be. Friends, I want you to know we can let the Word of God tell us what a perfect relationship can be. We can let the Word of God tell us what a dating relationship can be. I'm telling you, when you begin to see this, when you begin to see that you really are already complete in Jesus, when you begin to see that you are already a significant other, now when I say that, I hope you don't hear that selfishly. I'm significant, so I don't need anybody. That's not what this means. You are significant in Jesus. You are significant in Him, because that's what the Scripture promises us. You have every part. You have every piece of equipment. You have every talent, every gift, everything you need is already in you because you are already complete in Jesus. This Christmas, this Christmas, can I get you to see that? Can I get you to see in this, in this crazy period that we live in that you are already complete? Whether you're in a dating relationship or whether you're in a marital situation where there's a rift between the two of you because of expectations not being met, because of hurt, because of offense, whatever the case is, you are already complete. And here's what I believe this will do. Is the more you begin to see how complete you are, the more you begin to see the giftings and the talents, listen, and the completeness in other people. The more you begin to see how complete you are, the more you begin to see how complete other people are in your life. And listen, listen, this is the best part about it. You'll begin to help them become all that they're supposed to be. Instead of it being culture, I'm just taking, 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 all of a sudden it shifts. You begin to give and give and give. Come on, are you getting this? I believe in my relationship, one of the reasons why I think I get along so well with, with Jeannie is because we don't put each other on a pedestal. Now, I'll tell you, and I don't want to rush this point, we don't put each other on a pedestal. Now, I want her to put me on a pedestal. Come on, somebody, all right? But that woman will not put me on a pedestal. She won't, okay? And, 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 here, and here's something that, that I, I learned, and, and it was a season when uh, I, I was working through something years ago, working through a, a, a deep hurt, a deep, uh, a deep betrayal, okay? And I just was working through something, and, and I, I lost sight of what I'm sharing with you today. I lost sight of the fact that I was God's workmanship. I lost sight of that. I lost sight of the fact that I already had all the parts. I already had all the equipment. In my hurt and on my disappointment, not even with her, but with the situation, all right, I started to look at her. I started to look at my wife like 
She needed to be everything to fill all those voids and all those hurts that I was experiencing. So I was putting all this unnecessary pressure on my marriage. I was putting all this unnecessary pressure on my relationship. I mean, I mean, she would be five minutes late from picking me up from the airport, just five minutes late, and I would just fly off the handle. I haven't seen you in three days. I can't believe that, you know, you're five minutes late. If you really wanted to be with me, you'd show up early. I was putting all this pressure on her. And here's what was happening. She starts walking around on eggshells. This is what will happen if you're in a relationship where you're, 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 your requirement of them is beyond what they're able to bring to the table. They want to be in the relationship. They love you. But all of a sudden, they all start walking around on eggshells. They all start walking around in this place. This isn't the will of God. I had to make an adjustment here. Man, I, I hope I'm speaking to you guys. This Christmas season, I had to make an adjustment and go back to that place where I realized God was my workmanship. My completeness was found in Jesus. It took me a little time, but I got back to that place. And I want to challenge you guys. If you feel that way, if you feel inside you, you're in a dating relationship and it feels like somebody's trying to make you be something that you're not, or, or maybe you're putting pressure on the other person to be something that they're not, I want to challenge you today. Or if you're in a married situation where there's a rift right now, you're trying to solve the rift, and it's going back to expectations maybe that aren't being met, hurts that haven't been dealt with, and we're, trying, we're expecting something from the other person that only God can give you, and I want to challenge you this Christmas season to find your completion in Christ. Here's the deal. I'm going to wrap this up. The reason why this is so important and you have to understand that we are God's workmanship is because in this relationship with God, we do not have a performance-driven relationship with God now. We don't. If you have a performance-driven relationship with God, then join me in this quest. The vision of our church is to help people to discover God's unchanging love. God's love never changes. We change, all right? We wax hot, we wax cold, but even in those moments when we wax cold, God's love is constantly waxing hot for us, waxing hot for us. Today, you and I live in a moment of time when our relationship with God is not performance-driven on our part. The performance was all on Jesus' part. That's why we talk about Jesus so much here at Revolution, because Jesus was the one who performed at the cross. Jesus is the one who gave his life. Jesus is the one who restored us into right fellowship with God by way of believing him. Jesus is the one who exchanged his right standing with God for our sin. And in this great exchange, Jesus performed on our behalf. We do not have a performance-driven relationship with God. Can you see this today? Man, I hope you hear my heart. And because of that, I'd like for you to stop seeing other things in your life as the Savior for your life. 
Stop seeing that what you think is another person that can solve all your problems, solve all your issues. Stop seeing that person as your savior. Stop seeing that thing as your savior. Begin seeing that if you're a Christian, that your salvation is complete. You will never be more saved than you are today, never. You cannot be more saved tomorrow. You cannot be more saved in the distant future because you do a bunch of good things. Your salvation in Jesus is so complete that God puts an exclamation mark at the end of it and he says, yes and amen. Can I get you to see yourself that way? Can I get you to see how complete your salvation is? Can I get you to see this? Ephesians says that you and I are God's beloved. His love for us is so complete. You don't have to earn his love. The Bible goes on to say that we are his accepted. We are accepted in Christ Jesus. Listen, you do not have to earn your acceptance. You are already complete. You are already accepted. Come on, are you getting this today? And I want you to do this. I want you, I want you in one sense, instead of looking to another person saying, you complete me, can you look to Jesus? Can you look to the word of God and say, Jesus, you complete me? Can you do that today? I believe it'll be a game changer in your life if you'll do that. Now, for those of you who are watching and you're saying, I've not heard these things before. Man, this is like new and I didn't know that God loved me this much. I didn't know that God's love for me was, was, was based on some sort of performance. I thought I had to do something to earn God's love. I thought I had to do something to earn salvation. I thought I had to do something to be right with God. So many people think that way. And you may be watching today and you might think that too. I hope you understand my heart that God loves you just the way you are. You know why? He's the potter. You're the clay. Oh, Pastor, you know, I'm so far away from God. He's the potter. You're the clay. Oh, you have no idea how much sin is in my life. He's the potter, you're the clay. Oh, Pastor Dino, I just have to do all these things to get right. I, gotta, I have this laundry list of things I have to do before I can start serving God again. He's the potter, you're the clay. Here's the big idea. If God can get you to understand this, that he's the potter and you're the clay, and he loves you just the way you are, that he's not holding things against you, He's not making you perform for anything, but you'll come to him just the way you are. God's big idea is this, that if he'll love you that way, in an unchanging way, that all of that stuff will be dealt with in time. All that stuff will fall off effortlessly. All of the bad habits, all of the sinful destructive things, all of the offense, all of the hurt, will all fall off in time. Why? Because you begin to see what God has for you. You begin to see that you're complete in Christ. Listen, I wanna pray with you. I wanna pray with you. You're watching, you said, I don't know that I'm complete in Christ. 
fact, I don't even know that I'm gonna to go to heaven when I leave this earth. I wanna pray with you. I just believe that if you join with me with a simple prayer and put your faith in Jesus, don't put your faith in man. Don't put your faith in revolution. Don't put your faith in me. Put your faith in Jesus. I believe you'll begin to see the workmanship. You'll begin to see how complete you are in Him. And your whole life will change. Your whole life will take on fresh and new perspective. And you won't have to go in and out of relationships anymore. You won't have to put pressure on other people to be something that they weren't supposed to be for you. You'll find your wholeness and your completeness in Jesus. Come on, right where you're at right now, would you just pray with me to receive you, to invite Christ into your heart to help you start a new life. And you just pray a simple prayer just like this. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I'm inviting you to change me. I believe you are the Son of God and that God raised you from the dead. I'm surrendering my life to you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.